At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Aloha. back from the ballerlifestyle.com it's the baller lifestyle podcast my name is brian beckner thank you for joining us episode 380 i think of the show let me check my notes checks his notes i wrote down 379 last time so it must be 380 episode 380 thanks for joining us this is we're doing um we've reviewed a movie for the middle-aged white guys in our audience of their of which I'd imagine there's a couple we're going to talk about Tin Cup the the Kevin Costner golf movie he likes to do sports movies so he can show off his arm his golf swing etc so we did Tin Cup a movie I had never seen it's 25 years old never saw it till a couple weeks ago when we watched it. Oh, also joining us, of course, Ed D- Daly will be there. He's he's way late on his summer sojourn with his family. So I'm here solo, but we pre-recorded the Tin Cup episode, Ed and I, with special guest Travis Rogers, the, the official golf correspondent of the Power Lifestyle Podcast. The guy knows a lot about golf. He's got lots of thoughts on golf movies. So we thought he'd be a perfect guest for that. Um, I just, a lot of people heard on my stereo show. If you're not following me on stereo, go there, get the app. It's in, it's the link is in my bio on Twitter. It's just stereo.com slash Brian Beckner. Download the app, get that where, so you can hear the bonus shows we do there. I do a bonus show for trend lightly. The other pod I do every Tuesday and Friday there, plus intermittently do other shows with other people. They're fun. You can, they're live. So you can listen to them on your phone and you can interact. You can, there's a way to leave messages. So call in, get the stereo app via my link. It's free to you, but I get a couple bucks when you get the link, when you go to my link. So get the stereo app via my link. And listen in when we do shows there. It's fun. They're fun. They're funny. And a lot of the people you hear here show up there in terms of our guests, our, vo- our voicemailers, the, the regulars, the people from Twitter. Uh, I, was, I was gifted a huge sigh of relief today. And I, I hope that the details of this conversation can stay between us because I got a new phone a couple weeks ago. I went for the, the tiniest iPhone that the iPhone 12 mini, I got the mini iPhone in mint green 
and I'm loving it. I'm loving having a small phone. Small phone is the shit. It's, it's back to the old Motorola Samsung flip phone days. It's fire. It's just a little thing in my pocket. It's not bothering me. As a lot of people want to make fun of my fingers and stuff, my hands and fingers. But with that big old iPhone X, it was hard for me to reach the top corner a lot of times to close windows. So now it's easy to do with my little tiny phone. But when I got my new phone, I, I air quotes traded in my old phone. And the reason I got a new phone is because my old phone was going jank. I dropped it so many times that I had to get the screen replaced. I had to get the screen replaced twice at least. And when you go, when I, the place I go to my guys in Huntington beach that replaced the screen for me, I go there, you go in there and I go, hey, I want a new screen. And then they go, well, if you want OEM, it's 220. And that's the good screen, right? And they, and they go, but if you want the Chinese knockoff, it's 160. And I'm like, well, I don't give a shit. And they're like, this colors just won't be as bright. It's not as good. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. So I get the, I get the cheap one. I did it twice, like I said, because I dropped it again. And, but the, what, the, First time I did it, the phone had, did start, the screen was not as good. Like you'd touch it, like wouldn't touch exactly in the right place. And it was, there's a lot of sketchy things happening. So, the, but eventually I had to get a replace again. I got the cheap one again. And then it was really going haywire. Like it would like, the screen would go all like, all like saturated colors, like, like puddles of colors and I'd have to turn it off and turn it back on. And then randomly it would just start calling people. Like it would, the phone would, if the screen was on, the phone would like think you were clicking some apps and shit. And I, so I would be like not touching any apps and it would just start opening apps and it would like start. Sometimes it would call people like one of the apps it would open would be the fucking phone and it'd start calling people or it would start texting people. Or there was a couple times it came close to sending people some pictures from my camera roll. And that's happened to me before. Not by my choice. So I got a little scared. Also, if I was in the, a couple times when I was in the Instagram, what's it called? Instagram video or whatever. It would try to call people from there. Anyway, I was like, I got to get a new phone. So, you know, because I wasn't like, if I was bought another screen, I'd buy the cheap one again. It's just, you know, kept going back. So finally, I was like, all right. Thought somebody was at my door. Sorry door to the studio. So finally I'm like, okay, it's time to break down and get a new phone. I want the small phone anyways. They're having a deal, but the deal was you can, you can trade in your old phone for credit. If it's in good working condition. And I'm like, well, how much do they test these? Like, are they going to go on Instagram and accidentally see if it accidentally clicks some likes 
or tries to post a weird picture from your camera roll because it does that. But they're probably not going to know that. Like They probably give it a cursory inspection, like when you bring back your rental car or your leased vehicle. You know, they're not, they're not popping the hood. They're not getting into the electronics to check the water damage. So I, I assured them, I got the new phone, went to the Apple store and I got the new phone. And then they send you a box to mail back the old phone. And I, and I wanted the credit, you know, and so I was sweating it. I was pretty worried. And then just a little while ago, that's why I bring this up now. Because this was like a week ago I sent it back. Just a little while ago, I got the all clear email from Apple. Your phone has been accepted. Yes! Full credit, 220 bucks. Yes! So, hey, let's keep that between us, all right? I don't feel like there's anybody in at Big Phone listening right now. That's going to, that's going to rat me out, which I appreciate. Um, I kind of rambled last time. Um, so I'm not going to go too long this time with the intro. Cause I want you guys to get most of the movie I, as I've alerted you to before the, if you're a red circle subscriber, uh, I post the whole show without commercials to our red circle page. Go to the, if you, if you want to subscribe, you can just click the link in the show notes right now. It's five bucks a month. You get, you get the whole show without commercial interruption, plus any bonus stuff, all the bonus stuff we do there. If you're not a subscriber, that's cool too, and you get most of the show. You know, it's if we go two hours, I decided like, I'm not giving away two hours for free. I'll give you like an hour and a half, and the rest, for the real fans, is behind the paywall. And that's it. That's how we're, that's how we're going to do it from now on. So uh, if you subscribe, you get more, you get, you get everything. If you don't subscribe, you still get a shit ton. So listen, like rate and review, tell your friends, click the link at the top of the, go to ballerlifestyle.com, click the link at the top of the page and you can subscribe to our red circle there. Do us a solid. Uh, one thing I was in, a lot of you know that follow me on Instagram or, uh, Twitter. Sorry guys. I'm brain dead. Um, I was in Las Vegas this weekend with my girlfriend, uh, Shay. It was her birthday. Happy birthday, baby. Uh, we had a killer weekend, the two of us. And, uh, it was just shenanigans. Super fun. We went to the UFC, saw Connor McGregor break his legs. President Trump, my president, Donald Trump was there. Uh, it was awesome. The whole thing was amazing. Uh, but while we were there, I had an encounter. <laughs> I had an encounter. I went downstairs to get some provisions for the room, some waters, some cold beers, a few claws, a couple high noons, just, you know, have a few things to drink while we're getting ready to go out. And I went downstairs and uh, I had an encounter with a couple Midwestern women while I was in the shop and I came back and told Shay about it and she made a tweet and everybody that follows her at I'm for, I'm so for serious saw the tweet and a lot of you were responding and they're very funny. The tweet, the tweet is I would never wish COVID on anyone, but if I did, 
it would be on these two white women in Vegas wearing matching Drunk Wives Matter t-shirts that just hit on my boyfriend. And that's, I mean, I mean, hit on might be a little bit of a stretch. I had an encounter with them. Um, yeah, just, I, it was, I mean, I was stunned by their patently offensive <laughs> Drunk Wives Matter, Drunk Wives Matter t-shirts. I was like, wow, that's just, they're just putting it out there. But I don't think they recognize the offense. Like, I feel like sometimes intent, you have to like give a little space for intent. Not that I'm defending them, but I don't think they recognize that. I think they just thought it was funny phrasing. They didn't realize the, the uh, offensiveness of that phrase. Uh, but they, they were nice to me. And so a lot of people um, wondered what they said. Take, for instance, let me see. Oh, Telly Tupac, Kid Rock. They can smell, I can't do Kid Rock. Oh, Kid Rock voice. They can smell an anti-vaxxer from a mile away. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Telly? That's not, that's patently false. Uh, here, here's another one from Telly. They touch his fat little titties. <laughs> not cool, Telly. Here's another one. You look like a fella that puts his shopping carts back. What's your room number, sweetie? That's from Darb in the OC. Pretty funny. Hey, cutie, you work at the Trader Joe's by UNLV. That's from LSU Lala. Another one from Darb in the OC. You look like a guy, like a guy that wears a weighted vest while walking. DM me later. All these things are true about me. None of these are what they said. Um, what else? You look like a meat stick kind of guy. Can I buy you a drink? Darby, the OC was really on fire. Dolomite D. I like your perm. I love your rings. What's that one mean? That's also from Dolomite D. Uh, Rick, Rick Romo says, may I say great porn stash, sir? Pretty good. What again? Dolomite D. What is hiding in that fanny pack? Also funny. Um, Yeah. That, is there any more? Uh, 420 boobs says they're feeling that sweet, sweet ringworm vibe. Yeah, I was, they, uh, they just complimented my outfit. I was rocking like a, um, uh, a terry cloth set that I have. So it was like t- short terry cloth shorts and like a button up terry cloth shirt matched. And the drunk wife, Ma- wives matter girls like that. And they told me, they mentioned that they liked it, that they liked it. And that was, that was the extent of our interaction. I said, thank you. And I bought my provisions and I moved on. Uh, but good, good reaction from everybody that responded with their own guesses. No one, no one quite got it, but yours were much funnier. Uh, okay, guys, really appreciate you listening. Love everybody being, being involved and being a friend of the show. It means the world to me. I just wanted to kind of touch base with you a little bit. Oh, wait, hold on. Ed called in. I forgot. There's, we have, we have a couple voicemails. Let's do those. He's so easy to hate. Your time he likes to waste. His calls are far from great. His calls are far from great. He's such a stupid fuck. 
he seems down on his luck. His voicemails really suck. His voicemails really suck. No one's enjoying him. He's so annoying. Plus, so fucking boring and worthless. But he's got nothing else to do. And he's even worse than ish, 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 ish. His thoughts are useless shit, 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 shit. He's fat and got big tit, 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 tits. He's Manuel in Gardenia. Oh, he's well. Okay, this is Ed Daly said he was going to call in, and I see there is a message here from him, but I have some concerns as the message appears to only be 17 seconds long. So, could be a could be an epic voicemail fail here. Let's find out. Let's check in with dear, dear, dear friend of the show, co-host of the show. Mr. Ed Daly. Yeah. There's nothing there, buddy. There's no sound. It's just 17 seconds of silence. Mm. Thought maybe we'd at least like, maybe it was like a butt dial or something. I mean, you said you were going to call in with your thoughts on the Bible belt. And I was like, oh, me. I, when I saw it was 17 seconds, I'm like, well, maybe he only had one thought about the Bible Belt. Apparently, he had zero thoughts about the Bible Belt. Interesting. Well, maybe he'll catch us up when he gets back in time. In time? I'm telling you guys. I'm in a bad way. Oh, I got to sneeze. Oh, my God. I lost it. Okay. Um, here's, there's another voicemail. Let's see what's going on with this dude. Let's redeem ourselves here. Long time. First time. This is miles currently in Bend, Oregon, um, on vacation with my in-laws, which is hard enough. And I'm listening to last week's episode, team current episode, by the way, except you're a hero miles. You're a hero for everything you said so far. And you're bringing good energy. I like where this is going for, bachelor lifestyle um i'm hetero so don't listen to those anyways you should really be listening to the bachelor lifestyle even if you don't watch the bachelor actually we do the bachelor lifestyle so you don't have to watch the bachelor speaking of that can't wait to tell jace too on this week's bachelor lifestyle but at the when i was at the ufc we were in the we were in a suite so i was on the club level or whatever they call it at the t-mobile arena and I saw, I, I saw a light, a bright, shining light walking towards me. And I realized it was former Bachelor contestant, Tyler Cameron. Whew. Gorgeous. What a babe. Uh, I'll tell Jay Steele about it later. You should, you should listen to that show, though. It's good. Unnecessary shots at my favorite band, Fish. Mentioning them in the same breath as the Jim Blossett. Blossoms, sorry, had a few. Um, fucking total bullshit, Ryan. Like, I can't wait for an angsty tweet from you. Like, oh, I like Wilco. Like, here's you know, like Hotel Fox Fuck. Like, I'm feeling really emo. Here's my favorite song. Like, people say about fish, it's better on drugs. What music does that not apply to? If it doesn't apply to your music, your music sucks. All right. 
just had to fire back because just like really inappropriate and mostly this community is like very positive love your show love you guys like you know just really feeling the uh energy right now but um i see my mother-in-law walking back with my fish and chips uh to go order right now and uh i can tell she's not very happy with your boy but um before i go um gotta ask question from my wife does brian own the movie troy with brad pitt on dvd and is that a lyric in the song that she hears that she's woken up to in the middle of the night uh once a week neither now love you guys bye i love you too miles i love that you're a little bit buzzed i love that you're really fired up to defend the band fish which is just an insane choice. Although I do love that you know I like Wilco, and so you've you've <laughs> chosen to raise your band up, Fish, who you've called a podcast to defend the music of, the jam band Fish, by denigrating my favorite band from Chicago, Illinois. Wilco. I mean, we can both like different things. You don't have to knock my thing down to raise your thing up. I think my favorite thing about your call, though, is that your mother-in-law was bringing you fish and chips. I fucking love a good fish and chips. I love it. Who doesn't? What the fuck is better than fish and chips? Now, obviously, there's levels to fish and chips, but you get that fish and chips you squeeze all that lemon all over the chi- all the, all over the fish and the chips, right? You hit the fries with the lemon too, trust me. Then B, you do the same thing. You don't go too crazy. The flavor's good, but sometimes it can ruin the breading if you use too much. You hit it with just a little bit of that salt, salt, malt vinegar. I was thinking salt malt. It's a whole different reference. You hit it with a little of that malt vinegar. You also splash that on the fries. The whole plate gets it. You, the whole, the whole fish, the whole chips, it all gets the malt vinegar. Then you tell them immediately. They drop it in front of you. Oh my God, I'm going to sneeze. Oh, now it goes away. If I didn't say it, it wouldn't go away. Then... You tell the server that brings it to you immediately, hey, can I get some more tartar? Anything else I can bring you? Yeah, can you bring me more tartar? Another beer and some more tartar because they never give you enough. Because you got to smash that fish. You you break it open because it's too hot inside, right? It's always too hot inside. So you got to break open the fillets, crack them open and let some of that steam blow out of there and look at that beautiful, chunky white fish in there. It's usually like some cod or some haddock. Whatever. I mean, if you go to a nice place, it might be like halibut. Either way, it doesn't fucking matter. It's amazing. You let you let it cool off for a second because it's going to burn your fucking mouth. Then you gob it with a bunch of that tartar. <coughs> Slop it in there. Get a whole bunch of that tartar on there and just take a nice big bite. And you got the lemon. 
You got the malt vinegar. You got a little crunch because you didn't put too much malt vinegar on it. Even though the malt vinegar is delicious, you want to maintain that crunch. And you got the heat of that tender white meat fesh inside there. And you're fucking that up. And then, but then also you need the tartar because the tartar is so fucking good. You're going to start, you're going to start dabbing those fries in that tartar too. That's why you got to say, Hey, bring me another ramekin. Hit me with another ramekin of this tartar. Cause guess what? This ain't enough. One ramekin of tartar is not enough for an entire plate of fish and chips, which is a delicious pub food staple that I will get all the time mostly in the winter months. So I like that about that call miles. I Troy, I've not only do I not own, I don't own any movies on DVD. Well, I mean, I do have some in the garage, but mostly rock and roll concert films. Uh, but I don't own a DVD player, nor do I think I have a computer with any kind of DVD. I have no way of playing a DVD in this residence. So no, I don't own the movie Troy on DVD. I'll take it a step further. Much like the movie you're about to hear us review. I've never seen much. I never saw Tin Cup till a couple weeks ago. I've never seen Troy. Never seen it. I know Eric Bana's in it. Gorgeous. I know. Oh, wait, is Colin. Fuck. What's his name? Colin. He's a good actor. He's in that movie, The Lobster. Killing of a Sacred Deer. Colin Sexton. No, Colin Lorenzen. Colin, you guys know his name. Fuck, what's his name? Colin something. He's Irish. Um, he, he's, he's a little guy. And one time somebody showed me a, a sex tape of his that got released. And I'll just say this. He's not a little guy everywhere. That's all I'll say. My dude is dicked up which kind of makes sense then you see then you see him act and he's basically he bakes basically swings his big dick around while he's acting all the time because he's such a good actor he was a movie star for a while i think he kind of got into the the drink and maybe the yayo who knows but he's he's re he's rebranded as less of a movie star and just a good ass actor what the fuck is his name colin is he even in that movie, Troy? I know Eric Bana's in there, and I know Brad Pitt is in there, and I know, and I believe Colin, guy whose last name I can't remember, is in there. Anyway, no, I don't own it. I've never seen it, but thank your wife for asking. I appreciate it, Miles. You're a funny guy. Feel free to call in anytime you would like. We appreciate it. Uh, there's a couple. Uh, let's see. I'll do the emails next week when Ed gets back because there's a few. They look kind of long, and I'll save them up. Uh, so if you have emailed, continue to email. Mailbag at theballerlifestyle.com is the email address. Um, c- continue to reach out there, and we will catch up on everybody's emails next week. Uh, okay. Appreciate everybody listening. Jump in with me. Let's listen to a little bit of the Baller Lifestyle podcast review of the 1996 golf classic. I don't even know. Uh, Tin Cup. Thanks, guys. So 
as I said before, we're talking about a, a, an important movie, a sports movie. This is, after all, a sports talk show. Let's get into it. I'm joined, as always, by Ed Daly. Ed, what's up? Hey. Um, hey yep. This is uh, – what year was this? 1996. It's a different time. Okay. It was a lot of pleats. Yeah, it was. Yeah, big pants. As you can hear, we're also joined by good friend of the show and guy with strong opinions on Pop-Tarts, we've learned, Travis Rogers. Travis, what's up, buddy? Hey, guys. Hey, Travis. Hey, nice to have you. I'm thrilled to be back. I always love doing the baller life. Yeah, which I was trying to think what, because your Skype um wasn't too oh, far was, down the list. What was the last one we did? Year in review, I think. Oh, year. Yeah, the year. Yes. Because you're in review, and then you and I did the tiger thing. Oh right, but oh, right. But that was yeah, that was live. Yeah. yeah, we did that live. Did you? But what about the um, what's that? Cobra Kai? Were you involved in that? I don't no. think I was. Yeah, no, I remember because I remember listening to that. Steve. I didn't participate. Yeah, that was that was reality. Steve was all over that. That was reality. Steve, whose person. Yeah, he, he, he had a lot of very strong opinions on that. Yeah, he likes. He went. Yeah. Didn't he see it in the theater through the uh, Phantom Events? No, thing? he Fathom. <laughs> fa- bite your tongue. Fathom, Fathom Events. events. Or whatever. I Fathom believe events. he saw like a re-airing of one of the Karate Kids via a Fathom Events ticket. Perfectly normal. But then when then when season three of uh, Cobra Kai came out, you know Steve lives in Dallas, which is Central Time. Came so out at like one a.m. Yeah, it came out I think at two a.m. and he and he watched the entire season before Perfectly taking a normal. morning nap. Yeah. Totally normal yeah. decision. Yeah. That's yeah. really normal. Most I, people did that. I think. I think if you yes. if you collected everybody that watched Cobra Kai, and I am among them, I sure. think that most people like probably something 90 percent of the people just stayed up till two and watched it from beginning to end. I remember everybody I, was tired that next day. I remember when we were like, Hey, we're going to talk about Cobra Kai. Let's do it. And I had watched like maybe half of the first season. And I was like, okay, we'll do it on Friday. Let's do it Friday. I'm all fired up. Let's do it Friday. And then I realized, uh, cause I thought I'd blaze through the rest of it. And then it came Friday and I still had like six episodes yeah, to watch. <laughs> and I was just like sweating. I was like, you know, it was like, I got, I, I got to push through. Like I, I needed somebody to come like splash water in my face and like shake me like, come on, Brian, watch the rest. You can do it. Whenever I saw that show, I mean, I, I watched it and I enjoyed lots of it, but I kept thinking to myself, Trav was ahead of this. Yeah. He hated Daniel yeah. when we did the first review. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. each Daniel scene in Cobra Kai, I wanted to mash his face in. So here's the good news about that show, because I kind of did this after season one, because I was just about out. I, I, I disliked him so deeply that he's awful. He, he's he's awful and he ruins it. But if you just watch the scenes with Johnny Lawrence, the, the plot as unimportant as it is still makes sense. And you get all the good parts. So That's you great. just watch Johnny Lawrence scenes and you're 100% up to speed. Somebody and Johnny scenes are all great. Are all great. Well, it's because he, you know, he can actually he's, act. He's a, he, yeah, he's an actor. Yeah, yeah, he's a professional actor. Yeah. It's like, it's like back in the day when you used to watch like those shows, the series that were on um, HBO, like Dream On. And you'd be like, right. 
why do they they show tits at least once an episode? You'd be like, <laughs> just just get to the tits, like just get to the tits, right. so I can. And you know that was before you could fast forward everything. And then and and so Cobra Kai's like that, where it's like, just give me another Johnny scene. Like I don't care about yeah. the rest of the shit. Just more John. Somebody sent there's a uh, super cut on YouTube of just the Johnny scenes. Oh, I got to see that. Yeah, that sounds delightful. He's great. But they're making a new season. It'll be out soon, and I imagine with for- Karate's bad boy. Yeah, Mike, Terry no, Silver. No, not Mike Barnes. I don't know if Mike Barnes makes an appearance. No, but I think Terry Silver is. Yeah, yeah. I think Mike Barnes doesn't have a lot going on. I'm sure he'll be back. He's available. You know, Terry Karate yeah. Boy is available. You know, yeah. Well, what about Snake and Dennis? Oh, the two henchmen. Yes. Snake yeah, they got it. Yeah. Yeah. Snake and Dennis are probably in Lompoc. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> not on like like Dutch. Well, Dutch, yeah, yeah, Dutch is locked up. They in did, Lompoc. they did Dutch dirty in the in Cobra Kai because they're like, oh, sorry, Dutch couldn't um, make it. He's yeah, do he he's doing twenty five. Yeah, yeah. What he the retired fuck? from acting, which I didn't realize he ever was an actor. Well, he's I got, he was just a psychopath. <laughs> he's got that. St- wandered onto the set and started kicking ass. <laughs> <laughs> just started, he's like, I got so much peroxide in my hair. I just need to go crash across somebody. He's well, Dutch. Dutch has that Steve McQueen money. And, you know, Steve McQueen, it's like, hey, Steve McQueen um, w- wiped his eyeball with this hanky. And there, somebody will be like, oh, I'll give you $50,000 for that. <laughs> so, That's right. He is a McQueen. Yeah. So, about that. so Dutch is Dutch is living large. I think he races cars, which is like a, the, the total rich guy hobby. All rich well, guys. He also, race cars. He's chasing his dad from Bullet. He wants. Right. He wants the car scene. Right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, guys. So we're, we're we're talking about Tin Cup. This is a movie I had not seen until yesterday. I uh, it's uh, ever no <laughs> what do you mean, ever. I think you hadn't seen it in a while no. since yesterday. No, not I'd, ever. I'd never seen I it. Saw it in the theater. You did? Me too. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh my god, Trav! You don't even go to the theater. I did back then before I had kids, and I, I would go to the theater occasionally. Because because you're a white guy that loves golf, and so this was like you uh, you were just fucking erect to go see this. You're too messing. You're like, oh my god, there's a, finally a movie for us. Yes, kind of. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it, but the the golf was pretty disappointing. We quite got, frankly. yeah, we're gonna the, talk the, about we'll, that. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Let's talk about the. Let's talk. Uh, let's do the trailer first. Waggle it. From the creator of Bull Durham and White Men Can Jump. The club head was waggle the club. Head. Comes a story. Oh! It's a pretty girl in such an ugly swing. About men and women and the games they play. Remember, this game's about trust, touch, and letting go. Hi, darling. Hi, honey. Oh, no, not, not him. You got it bad, huh? <laughs> Something about that chick. I uh, take it you're a feminist. No one's ever saddled me with that one. Well, you might try being saddled sometime. Smell of leather, sting of a whip. Yes! She must think I'm such a loser, lousy driving range pro. Local legend Roy Tincup McAvoy, <laughs> the best player to never hit the big tie. It's an easy game in this golf. Wasn't going anywhere. Oh. It's got to be the woman. I thought you said it was a virus. Well, a woman can have the same effect. But ever since Dr. Molly Griswold got inside his head... I think I'm in love with you. What? He's been changing his whole approach. From the moment I first saw you, I knew I was through with bar girls and 
strippers and motorcycle chicks and stunned, huh? Tell me you're not at least moderately attracted to me. You have moments, Roy. Yeah, well, you tell me which ones are my moments and I'll try and duplicate them. Just thinking about how to get in your heart. Mm. Okay. Tin cup. I like the, um, it had a very white guy blues slash country Western adjacent soundtrack (laughs) throughout. I thought thought the soundtrack was awful. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very, um, very, it was like poor man's country. Yeah. It's very niche. So this movie came out in 1996 it's a romantic comedy. It's made by that guy that makes all the uh, sports movies, Ron Shelton. He wrote uh, Bull Durham. Also, strong. that's why I saw it in the theater because the first line of the trailer was like from the guy who brought who brought you Bull Durham. That's exactly and right. Man can't jump. I was like, I'm in. Those yeah, were go. good movies. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Those were good movies. And I'm glad that you told me, Brian, that it was a romantic comedy because my very first question was going to be exactly what were they going for here? Right. Because it's, it's not it's not a particularly compelling romantic story. It's not particularly funny. There's a couple of good lines in it. It's yeah. not a great sports movie. I don't know what they were trying to accomplish. Well, yeah, it's it want to make you hate everybody by the end. Yeah. It was mission accomplished. It's uh, <laughs> so this came out in 1996. This uh, it's hard to put into words just what a massive star Kevin Costner was at this time. He did a movie, another movie I've never seen. Cause I, you know, you could just tell the movie's awful. You never have to see it. Dances with wolves. It won. It won every Academy award in the same year that Goodfellas was also Goodfellas. nominated. Yeah. Uh, it won every Academy award and this guy could write his own fucking ticket in Hollywood. And he has a very high opinion of himself. You can tell. So he was he was massive and he loves doing movies where he can demonstrate that he's a good athlete. And the thing is, right, he is a pretty good athlete. Like he's he can swing a golf club. He can throw a baseball. And and look, most of these fay actor types, they can't drama dorks. You know, they can't they can't throw a football like you can't you can't just pull and put an actor in a football movie and, and try. That's why that's why Diddy. Couldn't be steaming Willie Beeman in in. Uh, That's right. He couldn't throw a football in the movie. He threw. He had a candy arm. Ed's Ed's favorite actor, Jamie Fox, played high school football, so he could throw a football. So they could put him in that movie, no problem. Um. Yeah. So this was a big 1996. This guy's a massive fucking star. It's a big get for him, and I think because of his star power, nobody could say to him. Hey man, this movie sucks. No, well, yes, <laughs> but it's inoffensive. Though. I mean, it sucks, but no, like, in not, a, yeah, you, you, no, it's not. Yeah. It's not shitty in the way that something is deeply shitty. It's yeah. just like, what am I doing here? Why is the first of all when I rewatched it today? Yeah. That movie is about an hour too long. So long. It is. It's, inc- it's over two hours long. Yes, 
It's well, I remember it, when he gets to the U.S. Open, I was thinking, all right, we should be wrapping it up. And there's still like 40 minutes to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like, I don't need to see every hole on Thursday. Yes. Let's, let's, let's pick it up a little bit. That I didn't realize he was at the U.S. Open. I'm like, oh, he's at, this is another qualifier. It was very confusing. I mean, it was very easy for him do, to qualify. Do you think that you didn't know it was the U.S. Open because he had the first tee time of the day and there were three people yeah, in the gallery? Yes, Do you think yeah, that maybe that yeah, was something they yeah. should have spent some money on? Like, I get it. It's 1996 Wasn't, and yeah. Tiger Woods hasn't shown up yet. Right. I get that. And this this is literally right before Tiger showed up. But it's still the U.S. Open. Like people would go to the U.S. Open. You didn't just kind of show up at the U.S. Open with no one there and right. there was nobody there. Yeah. It how was, about yeah? How about the the? I mean, we're skipping around, but the final day, he gets up at like four in the morning. He's in the final pairing. Yeah, he up till three. I know. Yeah, like, <laughs> what, what is he doing so early? Is he just gonna like hang out at the snack bar? What? He's there. He's there when the people are getting the course ready in the morning. He's the first guy there. Yes, <laughs> it's it's. There's a lot of problems in this movie, but the, my main thing is this guy was such a big star at the time. That no one could be pull him aside and be like, hey, man, the accent, it's not working. <laughs> it's not, nobody's buying that you're, you're a Texan, dude. Like, just how about you lose it? Just talk normal. Like, he did Robin Hood again. This guy was a big star at the time. He did Robin Hood and he just talked like an American the whole time. And that's fine. In his defense, he did a poor accent in the first scene. Right. And he just went American. Well, it does. Yes. Oh, in, in Rob. I've never seen Robin Hood either. But Robin Hood, he, yeah. he I think he went with an accent for a scene to, to be to be fair that Costner coming in and out of an accent is not unprecedented. Yes. Princess Leia had an accent for yeah. like half the movie yes. and the other half. Right. She was just Debbie Reynolds. Well, oh, she was coked out of her head. Trap. Yes. That's how that's yes. how she was she was bouncing between Studio 54 yeah. and Lucasfilm stage. By the way, let's not sleep on 19-year-old Carrie Fisher. Yeah, that's how, just... that's how she kept it tight in that LeMay bikini, <laughs> you know? Right. right. She had to do aerobics weren't invented. She, they didn't know jazz or size back then. She was no. never hungry. No. What they had was cigarettes and Colombian flake. Yes. That's how they kept it tight back then. What else was she going to do at night in Tanzania when they were in the desert? Yes. Good point. Harrison Ford took her under his wing. Yeah, I bet I he did. It. I bet he did. Uh-huh. Hey, why not? Not weird at all. He was 33. Her, well, her and Chewie. Him and, and Chewie. Remember, you know? he used to be a carpenter. He shared everything. So he was, just, he was just enjoying the life. Oh, yeah. He was a right. carpenter, and then he got into the Lucasfilm <laughs> universe. Yeah. Like, all right. Good yeah. gig. Pretty good and gig. And now he's into crashing planes. Right. That's and, his thing. And smoking tons <laughs> of weed. Just yeah. smoking all the weed. Um, a couple things. So at the beginning, this guy's a this guy's a driving range pro. Not a thing I've heard of. You mean he works at a driving range? <laughs> I I I just assumed he was running the driving. He, range. Well, he owned That's it. Just, he owned yeah. the driving but, range. But, but the pro thing, like, yes. didn't, yeah. What is that? I don't know why they. So I don't know why they call it a thing. That oh, is it is. A thing. Yeah, like even those super crappy driving ranges will have a air quote pro oh, that right. can give you lessons and all that kind right. of stuff. They're, yeah, no, they they exist. They not the kind that are like the not the tour guys that play for money, and not even the guy that's like the head pro at a country club right. which gives the members lessons. But there are driving range pros. It's like it's 
it's not even like single A baseball in that world. It's yeah. like I don't know, like JV baseball. Right. It's your kind. It's baseball, but it's not really. And that's what that, those guys are. So he's the guy that comes up behind a woman hitting, and he grabs her by the hips, and he's like, "Hey, let me yeah. let me show you how to do it." You got you to rotate. You got to well, rotate. Oh, this is kind of it's just kind of like Earl Woods. I mean, Earl Woods also had a Winnebago. That, that's the point I'm trying to make. They they keep calling him a driving range pro, but all I see is a homeless alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, who has friends that just want to watch him fuck? That's <laughs> well, that's yeah. a whole other topic. His well, can, yeah. can we discuss his living situation yeah. very quickly? Yes. What do he and Romeo live together? And did we ever get like? So. I think they live roommates. together in the Winnebago. Yeah, they, they're like Bert and Ernie. Yeah, he and Cheech. Well, <laughs> Cheech is his his caddy, uh-huh. and you know. In quotes. Yeah, you know what the yeah. caddy does. The caddy's caddy's got a lot of jobs. He he helps you on the course. Uh huh. He makes the dinner reservation. Okay. He gets the rental car. He he wrangles the poon. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, he wrangles the poon for you. If there's poon to be wrangled, you you put the caddy on that. Okay. He gets he gets the DUI. Like it's like. All the shit you don't want to do. That's why you got the caddy there. That's why you're hooking him why up. Why are they living together in a motorhome in the middle of nowhere? Because that's I weird. feel like driving range. Yeah. This driving range is overstaffed. There's a lot it really of people is. There it really is. With one customer. Also, very few. Only the nicer driving ranges are illuminated at night. This one. This is a driving range with no grass. But very well lit for night for hitting. People. Yeah, there's for yeah, there's people. no customers either. Yeah. It's pretty hot in Salome. So right. maybe they didn't maybe they didn't want to hit balls during the day. Also, there's Who's no paying for the lights. Right. Who's also, paying for those lights? Exactly. And there's no Doreen now. There's no she owns it. nearby golf course that we No. So what's like what what are you hitting for? You're not gonna go play anywhere nearby. You just hit you to mean- hit. We need more details on Salome. Like, what? What yeah. is it? Like, why? Why did the doctor relocate there? Yeah. Why did um, Roy decide to set up shop there? Why yeah. are he and Romeo forced to live together in squalor yeah. in an RV? Yeah. I, there's, there's a, there's a lot of unanswered questions. Question, question. What's, what's the bathroom situation like? These guys are these guys sharing the toilet in the fucking Winnebago, or do they? They wake up in the middle of the night and they cruise down to the actual uh, driving range like structure to to blow it out. Like how? What are these guys? <laughs> but not it's just, confusing. Not just Cheech and, and uh, Costner. The the whole gang. Yeah. The guy. The, the guy. The cook from a different world. Yeah. The black guy. <laughs> um, the the big guy with the beard. Like you don't want yeah. to drop that, an anchor in your little no, Winnebago. No. What, I, what's going on? Why aren't those guys at work? They just linger. Their job is to watch Costner fuck. That's you know, like it's all yeah. they do. You know what it is? Those guys are on disability. They're collecting checks. Yeah, SSI. Changes. Yes, yeah. they're collecting yeah. checks. They got nowhere else to be. It's Salome. There ain't shit to do. Anyone who looks like Rene Russo strolling through like one of these types of towns, the oil tycoon's gonna scoop her up. That's true. <laughs> she's That's not. True. She's just like hanging out with these dusty dudes. They they never make it clear why she's there. No. Like, she's with David Sims, who lives in Houston. We find yeah. that out later on. Yeah. Like, Houston's a big city. I can understand her being there. You live in Houston. Why does she have all the money? Yeah. David and Sims wh- would have all the money. Yeah. 
And why would she set up her practice in Salome, Texas? No, it's insane. This, this doesn't this doesn't make any sense. How why many, is she there? How many people are getting therapy, therapy? In, in in small town West Texas? Well, that one lady who was crying and then um, Costner. Right. Don't, right. Don't you feel like they just got out the Bull Durham uh, script and and like things that happen in Bull Durham, yeah. like why Sarandon was there was kind of explained better. She was there. Like, she was there to fuck the players. That was right. her. She, she was, was a, she was a baseball players, Annie, but she also, she also inherited her house. Or, yeah. Like there was a reason for her to be in. And Durham is not Salome. Durham is Durham. It's a real town. Um, and this, they're like, okay, well we're going to make him in West Texas. So we need the woman to, to need to get in there. And, uh, yeah, we'll just make her a therapist. Like, there, it just seems like all they were trying to do was tweak yeah. the Bulldorm for, like, still give Costner his soliloquies, you know, still do <laughs> yeah. this, but they just kept tweaking. The, the way they dressed her was horrendous. Like, the shirts that would match the golf hats. Like, what is, what the fuck was she wearing? It was awful. Um, He's supposed to be a teacher. She shows up for a lesson. The lesson lasts roughly four minutes and consists of her hitting driver twice <laughs> off the off the literal dirt ground. What kind of fu- no wonder this guy can't make a living. And and then he starts giving soliloquies. That's that's the lesson. Yeah, it's he's like golf is like a golf to me is like a poem, and he's like goes through this whole like fucking just blowhardy bullshit about golf. Hey, fuckface, how about you show her a grip? I was gonna say let's let's talk grip and stance. Those that's where every golf lesson in the history of the world has started with grip and stance, not with a poem. You're not Miyagi. Show her how to address the ball. Show her how to uh, hold on to the club. Show her how to yeah. align herself to the target. And then you can start talking. Yeah, it's it. Look, I'm not. Uh, hey, I can barely swing a club. But I know that usually if you take a lesson, they start you with a, a decent loft, like a seven or eight iron. They don't. Sure. They don't bust out driver. And hey, let me see what you can do with that. Nobody can fucking hit driver. Like, it's an insane proposition. Again, where were the men? That we're supposed to be making this movie. Wouldn't anybody say this is not how you teach golf? We can make this movie and still have it be cute or whatever and still have them be flirty, but have it be more realistic. Let's find one patch of grass somewhere and have her hit a fucking wedge off it. <laughs> like, let's let's actually make this look like she's really taking a lesson. It's insane. Well, they also had Tim Robbins pitch in Bull Durham, so right. you can't expect too much. He's I mean, one of those they, actor they're, dudes. They're, they're missing some of these yeah, things, right. and that was he, one of the things. He gave off real thespian vibes on the mound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he really did. But Costner, I, I did I would, like did a quick Google search. It said he wasn't a big golfer before this movie, but like, yeah, he's an athlete. Like, yeah, he, he just carries himself like a fucking athlete. He can swing a club. Unlike his adversary, the heavy in this movie, played by Don Johnson. Now, who 
Yeah. Who looks the part, not not in action, but he looks the part yeah. of a of a pro. He does. He, he has that vibe. He does. He has the swagger of an asshole pro. He yeah, absolutely he does. does. The yeah. problem is he's five zero or whatever he yeah. is. Yeah. And he swings a golf club like you would expect a guy that spent a lot of time acting would swing a golf he's, club. He. He, he 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 swings a golf club like a guy who sat next to Tubbs in a uh, <laughs> white Ferrari. He, yeah. he he's been busy and fucking Melanie Griffith. Right, he's been busy <laughs> swinging the other club. He he is ru- he, he is rumored. Is he a swordsman? Yeah. Oh yeah, Donald oh, yeah. Johnson. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh yeah. He's, he's a swordsman, is he? Um, uh, what do you think? What do you think the internet has for Don Johnson's height? Because I have a number here, I've I've seen a number. Well, I, I'll say the internet's got him at five eleven. Okay, so but the, I, I'll, I'll, I don't know how this is. The internet usually too high. Is that what we're of going course, with? Of course, oh, okay, of course, okay. Yeah. So then, yeah, I'll say the internet has him at five eight. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah exactly. I, Costner Costner yeah. towers over him, and I think Costner legitimately is in the five ten range, five yeah. eleven range. Yeah. So I've I've actually stood next to Kevin Costner. He big flex. No, it's, yeah. he came to watch us play baseball because he's a Fullerton baseball guy. So yeah. he was at the game, and yeah. I stood right next to him. He's like six feet tall. He's a yeah. he's a not a he's not a small person so at all. You towered over him. Well, I'm bigger than that. Yeah. But yeah. Don Johnson is not five ten. If he's probably not even five eight. No, I would. The internet has him at five eleven. Not a chance. I, I told you, everyone questionable. It's just they get rung up at five eleven. Five eleven. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. They know they can't ring up a five eleven. So you'll see five nine. Yeah, they say five nine for Tom Cruise. <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> most people that you're like, hey, that guy looks pretty short. What is he? And it always says five eleven. Like no yeah. fucking way. Yeah, it's a no. standard standard height. But I mean, you, you if, if, I, if everyone was five eleven, then why when someone who is just moderately tall, like you'll get an actor that might be six one or two, they look like they're six ten. Yeah, it's you know, true. They, that's yeah. why none of those guys are five eleven. So none like, of them. like I think like Clooney and Brad Pitt are like five ten, five eleven. And they always are the tallest guy in any movie that they're in. They're always much taller than everybody else. And Don Johnson is about the same size as Cheech in this movie. And and Cheech is legendarily like 5'3". Yes, Cheech is tiny. And Don Johnson's like marginally taller than Cheech. I'm not saying his character was flawless, but don't we all just – I mean – don't you just feel good when you see Cheech Marin? Oh yeah, I'm not he saying is, I did. He's great. Yeah, like, he's I the best character guy. in this movie yeah. by a mile. He, he's, he's 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 just he's, delightful. Yeah. yeah, he's great. He's funny. He actually has some chops in the movie where he can give you a little bit of a performance. Yeah. It, he was he was good. He was the only one that was Costner's just being Costner and Don Same. Johnson's being a dick. And yeah. but Cheech is like doing a character. It was pretty good. Yeah, Don Johnson. Yeah, he's great. got some good sass. Now, you maybe you guys can explain something to me. And Trav, you're a golf guy. So Don Johnson shows up and we learn that he and Tin Cup, and we'll get to the origins of the stupid nickname Tin Cup later, but we learn that he and Roy were college teammates at the legendary University of Houston golf program where With Freddie mm-hmm. Couples, guys, right? Freddie Couples, I believe Trav's good buddy, Steve Elkington matriculated yep. there. Like they get, they, Ray Brown. They, they churn out golfers at the university. Tons of them. Tons of them. So they Hakeem played there. Elijah one, 
Clyde uh, Drexler. Also him. Yes. Yeah, yes. David Fuzzy Klingler. Zeller. Yes. Fuzzy yeah. Zeller went there. Yeah. All of them. Uh, Wade Phillips. I don't Tom think those Landry. guys were on the golf Wade. team, though. Like, Wade, Wade Phillips oh, attended Quaid, a the university. The Quaid brothers went there. The Quaid brothers. Oh, yeah. They're Houstonians. Yeah. I, I think we're bearing the lead that Wade Phillips was on a college campus. Well, I mean, of course he was. <laughs> he wasn't there to learn, Travis. He wasn't there to learn. He was probably played. Uh, so. Don, Without a helmet. Don Johnson, David <laughs> David Sims shows up and he's like, hey, Roy, you know, we played together. He goes, I got this charity golf tournament in Houston. I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you because, you know, the course inside and out. You're one of the best players. You shot 59 there. You, you know, like that's like you're that good. And he's like, ah, oh, I don't know, man. I hate your guts. He's like, all right, I'll do it. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on, hold on, hold on. You're not going to play. He goes, I'm going to need you for the loop. He goes, I got a hundred bucks for you to loop. And then he goes, plus 5% of any winnings. And I'm like, there's no fucking winnings in a charity golf tournament. There's no purse. <laughs> You get to take the money from the charity. Yeah, they're stealing from children. This is like Trump's fucking auctions. Like they're lining their pockets with people's donations. What the fuck is that? Did you, did, is there a way to explain that, Travis? You understand golf. They well, I don't know if they like are going by and taking money out of the kid in a wheelchair's bucket as they're going to the parking lot. I don't think it's like that, but. Yeah, th what they'll do is they'll have a charity event and they'll have a bunch of prize money the corps throw in so they can get the players to actually show up because the players aren't going to show up to do right by Is that charity. true? Yeah, that's how all those things work. They all have charitable contributions attached to them, but there's actual prize money they too. Really? Yeah. Get the yeah, fuck out of here. I know that from all the like running races and all the different like triathlon, any, any sort of anything I've done, there's some charity, but yeah, there are prizes. Um, OK, yeah. fair enough. So like the, the tiger thing that they do over in the Bahamas, that's a charity thing, right, where they donate some money to the locals or whatever it is. But you still got to pay the guys to come and play oh. or they're not coming. <laughs> don't but don't so, they don't you trade off? You're like, I'll do your charity tournament. You do my charity tournament. I didn't right, realize there's there's yeah. still money. Right. That, that makes sense. So I watched this last night and I had a couple of glasses of bourbon. Yeah. And uh, I didn't Sounds take like many nice notes. Night. Yeah, yeah I, okay. I, I didn't take many notes because like, but I, I really just have two notes. And the first one was any movie asking for Craig Stadler to act is yeah, very vulnerable. It's great. It's great. <laughs> hey, and, Molly, some of the guys in the locker room were wondering if maybe you could do for us what you've done for Tin Cup. And my I second, thought he was great. Yeah. My second note was. Uh, I think Tin Cup is like the golf version of Pepe Le Pew because the first half yeah. he's just like chasing after her, like I want to have sex with you and yeah. she's like yeah I'm taking like this this was a this is a movie that would have to be really recrafted this was very me too ish the first half of this movie yeah. and then she just becomes a fuck machine for him but at first she doesn't want it and he that's all he can do well yeah he, he's not terribly likable like the no. guy in bull durham the crash davis is is a likable guy yeah. he's a charmer he, he's he's a charming educated kind of very very likable guy roy mcavoy is just a lecherous loser yeah he's he's just <laughs> he's, really gross he's a, he li he's a homeless lecherous Lives yeah. with Romeo in the RV behind the driving range in Salome, Texas. Loser. He he's a homeless alcoholic. 
what does she see in him? Like, why would she ever? She's he's good da- looking. She's I mean, dating he's, a he's, top he's, he's ten good. player who's also good looking. Yeah, that's true. Just, who's better looking than Don Johnson? He's gorgeous but and, she's and that dick. Practicing psychology in Salome. She's, yeah. She makes bad choices. Well, she does talk about that because she was trying to sell condos in Corpus Christi. Yeah, and the bottom damaged. fell out. I mean, so that's she, what we're learning. She's yeah, damaged. She got one of those quickie University of Phoenix degrees and, and set up shop. So it's probably, you know, she she couldn't work in New York City. She had to she had to go where her skills were valued. And that happened to be Salome, Texas. Um, in addition to you brought up uh, Craig Stadler, the walrus. Gary McCord was also there and Gary McCord was I read this thing that uh, our buddy Greg Fisher sent me. Gary McCord and Peter Costas were like the technical advisors for the golf. And they, the, you know, they wanted to get the real players there to play in the U.S. Open, like Peter Jacobson and all them. And none of them, all of them wanted like 50 grand. <laughs> so like, their agents are like, oh, no, I'm not doing this if I can't get paid. And they wanted to pay him scale. So Gary McCord, who's, I mean, look at his mustache. The guy has the guy is dealed creative facial. Yeah, he's dealed (laughs) up up. to the hilt. (laughs) Like if there's deals, there's deals aplenty on this guy. And you could tell by his mustache. He he was like, look, we'll pay these guys scale and I'll get them to show up. He called all their wives and was like, hey, how would you guys like to have dinner with Don Johnson and Kevin Costner? And they were that's, all, that's a pretty good move. All the wives were like in. So they all showed up and then, uh, Costner and Don Johnson really like charmed the wives over dinner. And then they shot say. the next day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Much? they got the one, one of the guys they definitely got Phil Mickelson before yes. he grew the Mickelsons. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then before he went on HGH and yeah. now he's all, Jacked I mean, again. he's he still kind of did have some fat little titties. Like you could see him in he, this movie. He did? Yeah, he was. Thought, okay, he was like in his early twenties, but they were there. You forget that he's been around for that. I mean, you yeah. know, because he's yeah. fifty something and he's still a part of your regular sporting life. Yeah. But he was a baby in that movie. Yeah, yep. he and he and he looked like it. He that that was one of the few golf things that kind of jumped out because most of these other guys were you know relevant in the nineties. He's the only one that became a big big deal. And you suddenly like, oh, right. This was right before Tiger ruined Phil Mickelson for the first 10 years yeah. of his career. Yeah. To, no. to me, Jacobson was the, was the biggest draw in 1996 because the, I, the bar I worked at had Jacobson on Golden Tee. He was like the sponsor that year. on Shut Right. Well, he was a big name. I think he has a, I think he has a stake in Golden Tee, by the way. Oh, oh. Right. Peter Jacobson. Yeah. That Tee. must be so much money. Well, it's like Madden. Yes. It's like Madden. You want my name on it, you give me a piece of the company. It's like yeah. it, it's like Shaq doing commercials for the general. He's like, you, <laughs> Those fucking commercials. I'll do it for 20% of the company. That's how you get me in a commercial. It's not. He's not right. stupid. Um, so Don Johnson clearly had not swung a golf club before, although he claims... I thank you via the notes here that he was an eight or nine handicap when they started the movie. And at the end of the movie, he was a three. Let me help Don Johnson with something here. 
you lie about your golf game in the other direction. Right. Yes. Yes. You, 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 you don't lie about being good. No. And when you're terrible, you lie about being not very good when you're actually pretty good. That's, that's how you do that. Well, especially you, when you, everything's on film. Yes. Like, yeah. It's not a radio play. We, we see what's going on here. Well, I, I wanted to yeah. pull every string that I could think of. And I'm thinking, okay, John, Don Johnson thinks he's a three handicap. No Is way. there any way I could ever find a way to play him for my house? Yeah. Because I can, I, I will beat him. <laughs> there, there's, there's, there's no way if he's, if, if he's giving me shots, I'm yeah. going to wreck that guy. Well, cause he's, 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 he's not a three in his wettest dream. Yes. It's just not, it's just not happening. Cause he's going to show up and be like, I'm a three and you're going to show up and say, I'm about a 10. Well, and yeah. That's, I and, mean, if, if, and he would buy that because he go, Oh, okay. Cause he doesn't get how the game's played. You know what yeah. he look? He, he really is like Roger Dorn in major league. Like yeah. looks the part off the field. Yes. Yeah. Looks that specific prickish athlete guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But then he has to actually play the sport. Yeah, he, he would be that guy halfway through the first. I don't know what's going on today. I never play like this. I don't yeah. think something's going on. I mean, you know, I, mean, I tweaked my back yesterday. I was getting yeah. out of the car and I felt something pull. That must be what it is. Yeah. He just that guy does not get it. He, I mean, there are guys that have bad swings and are able to chop it around and go low because they've just they've just developed a, a shot based on that sure. bad swing. But they are few and far between. Like the, he's not one of them. No, the way he swings a club, you're like, there's no way that guy shoots a low number ever. Um, so what's his name? Is a degenerate gambler. Um, in addition to being a home, be, being a homeless alcoholic, Roy is a degenerate gambler. He is he's he's looping for um, David Sims and like. He's employed by the guy. He's getting a hundred bucks for this loop plus five percent, and they're about to win. So what's what's five percent of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars? Ed, you got eight hundred on your math SAT. Twelve fifty. It's it's twelve thousand five hundred. That's that's more than he makes in a year. <laughs> like he gives he gives yeah, that, that golf driving range. Yeah. What is it? I mean, what is it like five dollars a bucket? Nineteen ninety six. Dusty. Like he's maybe making fifteen dollars a week. Yeah, no. He gives he gives the whole property to Doreen for ten thousand dollars. Right. You know. When, when are we going to talk about Doreen? Well, we're getting there. Well, so so what yeah. I would say back back to my point about uh, how if Russo shows up, some oil guy is going to take her down. Doreen is kind of the type of stripper you'd expect in this area. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. Like this is the this is the caliber. I recognized her. She was the the she was in Get Shorty. She had a small part. She was the widow of the guy who was on the airplane. Oh, that was crashed. that was a year later. So was she one hundred and one years old <laughs> when that movie came out? I just thought she was the most realistic person because that's the kind of stripper you get in. What's that? Salome. Salome. That's Salome. Well, no, hold on, hold on. Because Kevin Costner, while yes, a homeless, drunk degenerate gambler is very gorgeous and there was yeah. there was a, hotter strippers there that he could have easily been nailing but he was with doreen i gotta ask well, this was a this was a, a, a like a mother like a, yes. a, a mothering situation he yes. needed somebody to like make sandwiches yes. for him and stuff but i gotta I, <laughs> I gotta ask he was 
he was banging he was banging Doreen, who was extremely vintage. We should work we should work out the details right now. Ed Daly, Doreen from the movie Tin Cup, his Kevin Costner stripper girlfriend. How fucking old is this guy? I mean, not really like trying to over exaggerate. She's she's got to be the double nickel here. Yeah, yeah, I'd say about that. She's I mean, you're being you're being nice because she looks and. But Again, I, we're not here know, to look shit. Pretty in the good. Past, and yeah. we've done this in the past, and we've been off by twenty years. Like yeah. I'm trying to say, like yeah. I understand the water back then was a little bit. Yes, off. a lot of cigarettes in the water back then. Cigarettes, water, like mm-hmm. so. I'll say double nickel. Yeah, like, fifty five seasoned, but uh, not not elderly. Like just very seasoned. Fi- yeah, pretty old. Uh, Travis Rogers, nineteen ninety six, mm-hmm. Tin Cup, Doreen. Who I'm, I'm. Getting a little vibe that you're a fan of. Yeah. How how oh, been... <laughs> yes. how well, old I'm is this fan. fucking guy, Doreen, in the movie Tin Cup? Um no no way she's fifty-five. Yeah. Um fifty. 50? I, I don't know. <laughs> no. Fifty years I think, old. Look, you got you gotta go back to what you guys were talking about right. in the nineties. And keep in mind she obviously yeah. wasn't born in the nineties. She she okay. she came of age in the sixties and seventies, I'm sure. assuming. So, so yeah, there was some hard living you're saying. Right, yeah. right. So you know when you were when you were twenty, you looked forty. Yeah. Um yeah, I'll I'll give her fifty. Fifty. I've got her like sixty seven years old but right i'm factoring in the water i'm doing that so too guys, you're, you're, you gotta look she's in pretty good shape she's not 60 she's, years old she's 67 she's, years she's old. in good shape no she's yes, she's she's, she's she looks 67 i'm gonna knock off 10 percent for the the cigarettes of it all you're of the time room. you're in my room. yeah yeah so i got her like 61 years old nah so this was 96 yep oh uh, so you you were saying she was born in the 30s. Yeah. Lynn, well, no, hold on. No. She wasn't born yeah. during no, she's pre-World War. 61, 61, that would have had her born in the 40s. So Linda Hart is the actress's name who plays Doreen. Born, ju- wow. Born July 5th, 1950 in Dallas, she's Texas. She's the, she's the age we are now in that she's movie. When they shot this, she would have been 45. She looks good. Yeah. Yeah, she looks I, good. I like Doreen. I thought Doreen, she runs a business. She's taking care of herself. She I mean, she's got a little, she she's got a little, got a little mileage on the grill. But other yeah. than that, she, she looks pretty good. She'll wheel and, a deal. Yeah, I mean, she satisfied Costner for long enough. Guy that good looking, if they were together for a while, she, she was doing stuff. Oh, for <laughs> sure. And, and by the way, Costner, because I, I put the movie on in mute in the background. I didn't realize, I didn't realize, um, he's, I mean, he must've visited, he must've gotten a visit by the plug fairy shortly after he's the Island green is, is really, uh, being exposed in this movie. Plugs weren't invented in the nineties. Were they? 
Did they? They had those cornrow types. They look like a cornfield. Yeah. I mean, they just uh, they just line you up like yeah. a Barbie doll. Yeah. When did when did Joe Buck OD on on the? Uh, I think that was in the two thousands when he got addicted. Uh, okay. All right. Yeah. I, yeah, think, I know he got addicted, but he was doing them over time. So he went from the the OG uh, where they where they slice the back of your head open and leave a huge scar. Don't go bald back there because you got a huge ass scar on the back of your head now. <laughs> where they where they harvest. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, we're going to staple these things in the front. But first, hold on. Hey, hey, don't worry about it. We don't use the horse hair like they used 18 months ago. We got a new procedure. <laughs> All we need to do is harvest a strip of hair from the back of your head. So they would do that and then they would staple it in the front. Now, almost every movie, you're right about this. Almost every movie you see Costner in, because we just recently did that very um, good movie about the draft, the NFL draft, where he's the GM. That's a great movie. Very plausible. That movie was made by the NFL. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to our draft day podcast. That movie was made by the NFL and every single detail of football in the movie is completely wrong. <laughs> there were so many trades to land a middle linebacker at the top of the draft. Insane. Insane. You know, that's that, that I was listening to you guys pod the story of the, you know, the, did you watch the film and all that stuff? You know, then where they do the trick, that was a, something they did pull on Jamarcus Russell where they yeah. gave him, oh. they, they yeah. gave him a blank videotape yeah. And said, hey, make sure you watch these plays. We're going to ask you questions about them. And they said, did you watch it? I said, yeah, I'm ready to go. I'll answer in there. Yeah. So you watch the whole thing. Yeah. And it was blank. Yeah. I gave him a blank tape. Yeah. Where they put. That's amazing. Yeah. Where they put $100 in the back of the playbook or something. And then they, <laughs> right. they get it back and the $100 is still in there. <laughs> um, speaking of how fucking old is this guy? I was I was thinking Costner, who is gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. Beautiful. I was thinking, hey, he makes a good showing at the U.S. Open. He can he can make a go of it on the Champions Tour in this movie. Boy, was I off because he's actually much younger than Doreen. He's born 1955, which would have made so him like 41. 40. Yeah, 40. Ooh. Yeah, 40 when they shot it. 40? Yeah, I mean, he oh. looks beautiful, but he looks beautiful for 48 yes yeah he's a good looking 53 year old man in this movie (laughs) do you think it has anything to do with his diet all he all you see him eat are like is like donuts chocolate cake hot dogs hot dogs and then he shows up for a lesson with renee russo whose boobs are never exposed in this movie he shows up for a, a lesson with renee russo in, in the heat of the West Texas desert and he's sipping on a carton of milk. Yeah. Th- that was disgusting. Who does that? Uh, Who that does was that? Disgusting. Like Ron Burgundy. Who do- hey, milk was a bad choice. <laughs> milk was a bad Who choice. Runs, who runs into 7-Eleven? <laughs> hey, I'm going to run into 7-Eleven. Let me get some moo juice. Yeah. Let me, <laughs> let me get a, Let me get, grab me a milk. Hey, grab me a, grab me a carton of vitamin D. Oh, you <laughs> got you gonna you got need some for your coffee or something? What? You fucking brewing a brewing a pot? Oh, no, I'm just gonna drink it. Milk on a hot day Jesus. in the desert. <laughs> Unbelievable. When was the last time you chose milk as a beverage? Never. I mean, it's been forty I mean, years. I did it, but like, yeah, but I was, you know, I was, I was still watching the Smurfs. Yes. Yeah, you, you were still living with your parents, and they made your decisions yes, for you. Exactly. And again, I, 
even then I was thinking well, when I become an adult, I want chocolate milk all the time. <laughs> of course. Yes. Or absolutely. Or well, it's much better. It's much better. Um, yeah, he drinks, he drinks milk. Uh, what else? Oh, so he's just decides like so, Ch- Cheech gives him the idea. He's like, uh, what should I do? I lost, you know, he's pawning his clubs. He needs two grand for some reason. And he thinks he's going to pawn these fucking old ass big berths. I guess they were, they were modern at the time, but you weren't going to get two grand for him. And then Cheech is, he snap his clubs. When, when oh, is yeah. that? Well, this, that happens after because he goes, uh, he's like, what should I do, man? I don't know. And Cheech is like, well, I don't know. You could just win the U S open. Like that's plausible. That's a thing you can do. Like, you just like show up and, you know, get hot for a weekend and win the open. And then he well, go, then he hustles. Maybe I need to set my goals. Yes. I think I'm going to win the Super Bowl this yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just gonna do that. Then he hustles some guy on a golf course and I don't, I don't really know the rules of golf, but he's teeing off by like th- pitching it in the air and hitting it with a shovel. And he's making his putts by, uh, by pool cueing them with the bunker rake. Is that allowed in tournament play? <laughs> well, they, look of all the characters in the movie, not and a lot of them are particularly uh, plausible. However, the guy that he hustles at that course was great. That guy yeah. was a great asshole country yeah. club member. No, yeah. I like him. him. I like stuff. That guy <laughs> has been in stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But he was great getting hustled. I like watching him take his money. Hey, fam. There's still a lot more of this episode to hear, but it's only available to our bonus content subscribers. Click the link in the show notes or go to theballerlifestyle.com and subscribe so you never miss a minute of the show. Broadcasting weekly, that's what we do with Easy Ed Daily and a man, Jay Stew and Brian Beckner, quick to dissect the week in sports and culture and whatever. Let's connect with my brothers, reviewing some movies and shows and others. Top podcast, man, no one is above us. Five star, even the haters will love us. And we're not trying to talk politics a lot. We'd much rather talk about.